All right, we're on Tuesday morning. Good morning, everybody out there in webinar world. Uh, we're here at uh, 425 with Scott Marcy and, and a bunch of guys that have flown in, drove up, even took a train. It took them two days to get here. And uh, if that's not enough, I don't know what is. But uh, we've got a lot of folks in our audience. We're here at their church. And uh, all week we've, we're doing this uh, school of manifestation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, really? <it's laughs> and everybody's going like this. But it is. It's a school of life. Uh, it's called the school of life. We, I think this is our third one. Is that right? Yeah. And... Uh, it's been really good. The Lord's really showing up and changing our minds and getting rid of a lot of stuff that we've been trained in that's really been uh, kind of twisted. And uh, anytime you start really seeing the Lord in your consciousness, it starts unraveling all the stuff that you've been taught by the spirit of this world uh, because he's the way, the truth, and the life. And uh, last night we were talking about love again. And uh had some questions about relationship, had some questions on how to handle persecution. And uh, <clears throat> I wanted to share some of what we spoke about last night because I, I woke up this morning asking the Lord because I'm kind of, of course, you guys that have been following us, I'm kind of anal when it comes when the Lord says, you know, I want you to talk about the spirit. I've been on the spirit for a whole year. And so I will wear that thing out until he tells me to do something, you know, else. But uh, this morning he reminded me uh, to talk about what we talked about a little bit last night, but go into a little bit more depth. But I want to show you who who's all here. So I'm going to turn this camera around. I'm not. There's Susan. Can you see yourself? There's. Is it delayed? Just a tad. Yeah. Go slow. And there's yes, go nice and slow. There's Scott and Marcy. And we'll play like we're in slow motion. And there's all of our school of life folks. Even you guys smile in slow motion. Look at all these people. Isn't it awesome? Yes, there they are. And some of us are feeling awkward because the camera's about to go on us. So there you go. And there's a baby in the background. <laughs> That's really how we're thinking and how we're feeling. <laughs> so that's all the students that are here. And it's great to be with them. Uh, I want you to turn over to uh, Revelations 2. Uh, if you've got your Bibles or your iPads or phones, uh, I, I want to share something very quickly that we covered last night, but uh, I think it's important for all you guys out there to, to see this because I think it will help us not only just in you know, church life or ministry life, because the Bible is not meant for ministry. It's actually to give answers to life by revealing Jesus. And uh, there's something hidden in this scripture that I think will really help us. And it's Revelations 2. We'll start in verse 1b. 
says, uh, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake, and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Now, if you can understand this as far as life is concerned, I don't know if you guys out there in your workplace, have you found yourself working without love? If you don't have love, work's really uh, kind of a burden. Uh, you don't really love your you don't love your business or you don't love what you're doing because we've we've been trained to do works before we love someone and so if we can get love in our hearts first everything else starts to flow out of that and it doesn't wear you out out as bad and uh, one of the things that he told me uh, this morning is that we've got to come back to being controlled by love first and. Uh, <clears throat> I'll, I'll give you kind of a scenario of my own deliverance. Uh, there are times, and I don't know if you've ever had this happen in your life, but there are times where people come into your life where you really don't love them. <laughs> you really, or you don't even like them, much less love them. And, uh, or you don't have a feeling for them. Uh, the, the first feeling you get is almost like, get out of my face. You don't, you know, I don't know if you've had someone come into your life where they just rub you the wrong way. Um, I've had that uh, probably daily, and I've, I've trained myself to lean more on loving them than to accuse them in my own mind, or to, I call, put up walls. And the way I've actually done this, the first time this happened, I read this scripture, and it was basically talking about me. Uh, I'd done all the stuff that was really cool and good, and it looked good to the public. It, it looked, I, th I thought it was good even for me. I was, doing, I was doing great business. I was doing great ministry. But inside, my heart really wasn't right. Even though I was feeling good about what I was doing, I really wasn't settled in my own, in my own heart. And I asked the Lord what was wrong with me, and he said, well, you, you bypassed love. And so I had to get back to that place of really finding God's love. And then when I started finding God's love, I started loving what I was doing. Don't forget that. If you find love, you'll start loving what you're doing. And you'll, you'll actually be more peaceful at the things that you're doing. How many of you guys get tired of doing the same old job? I mean, think about that. I do the same thing. Uh, it, Ministry is not like this limelight thing. It still is a job. If you, if you take the role of priesthood and you look at even Moses' tabernacle and what they had to go through each day, we spiritually have to go through that each day. And so it's a job that you're called to. It's not like some limelight thing. Uh, and so when you're doing your job, whether it be in ministry or whether it be at your workplace or whatever you're doing, I used to play professional sports. If you're not having love in your life, you're going to eventually be miserable or you're going to get more of an adrenaline rush of doing new things. And then that doesn't last because adrenaline only lasts for a moment. And when you have an adrenaline rush, 
after, after the adrenaline rush is over, you will have this dip in your life. Or like a few days later, after you've done something great, your, your mind is used to adrenaline and your body is used to adrenaline. And then three days later, you're going to be in depression. And then you're going to think the enemy's after you, and then you're going to rebuke the Lord, you know, rebuke the enemy, and then you, or you're going to think that you're in sin, and then you'll start repenting. Why, what I've left a door open in my life, and I'm in depression. Well, no, it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with that we've left our first love, and we're living off an adrenaline rush, than we are the rush of God's love. And so we've got to get back to that. If we don't get back to that. The enemy's going to be able to continue to wear us out. Now, if if, if we if you read in, I think it's Daniel seven thirty five or maybe seven twenty six. I can't. You'll have y'all guys will have to look that up. But it says in the in, in one of the translations, which I think it's the New American Standard, it says in the last days he, the enemy will wear out the saints. And there's another word for wearing out is persecution or persecute. So if you're if you're being pushed to keep working, he's trying to get you bypassing loving. Are you with me? So if you if if you're if you're being pushed, you're actually being persecuted by the accuser of the brethren himself. So you're basically he's getting you to do things out of the order of God. But if you get back into love, you'll find yourself doing all your works and rest. It won't wear you out. Does that make sense? And so right now, man, if there's anything, I mean, you look at your phone. How many of us are addicted to your phones and now that's wearing you out? You know, your your thumb's always just working, you know, the phone. Man, I got to check my Facebook and see who commented on, you know, or whatever. You know, so-and-so just defriended me. I'm... <laughs> you know, all this stuff is just constantly, you know, on in our brains and it's spiritually pushing us. And it's not just spiritually pushing us to wear us out, it's got to push us to bypass love. And if we if he can get us to bypass love, we're going to end up not liking each other. Cuz you cannot you cannot really truly love someone if you don't don't go back to your first love, which is Jesus. So we got to get back to that. And that's what he's saying here. He is basically saying, you've bypassed me. Because if you've left your first love, love is God. And so you got to get past, you got to get back to God. Now that's scary for all of us. If we don't have love, you don't have God. You know, John was very extreme on this stuff. He's saying, you know, if, uh, if, you, if you say you love God but hate your neighbor... You know, you're not a part of God. The love of God does not abide in you. Now, that's pretty extreme. So if I'm really just ministering or, or working my neighbor, uh, doing the commandments instead of really sincerely loving someone, I'm bypassing God. And so there were, t there were times when God was messing with me on this thing that love them first. Well, I don't want to love somebody first. I want to change them first. Then I'll feel better. Right? And so that got me into this prophetic mode where I can give them a real accurate word so that they can change and then I'm okay. And then we can, now I'm used as Satan to push them into works. And I just bypass them that, that place of love. So now I'm a minister of Satan. 
Okay, praise the Lord. So <laughs> that that that's the type of stuff that I was trained to do, but I didn't know that I was doing it the wrong way. And so when God started showing me this stuff, people that would come up to me and I'd have this, you know, wall and I'd immediately, it was, a, it was an automatic. I would try to read them so that I could find something in there that I could work with to make them change. And the, and the love of God would actually speak to me and say, no, you got to love them first. And so when they would come up to me, I would feel my wall go up. Y'all ever had your wall go up? And so I'd have to have this subconscious deliverance with the Holy Ghost. I'd have to repent to my wall. I'd, I'd see my wall go up or that, that fake smile go up. And I'd have to get real with the Lord. And I would say, hey, I don't love them. This is a person I don't love. I'm sorry. And then instantly my wall would go down. And then I could look at them with the eyes of love. But they didn't realize or know that I was getting delivered that moment as they were walking up. Now I can really see them and talk to them as a real person instead of an object to change. And then the, when, once this stuff started happening in my own life, I started realizing I have really never loved anybody just at face value. I've never really loved someone as a person. I love them as an object or a, or anybody ever do science projects mm -hmm. or biology, the frogs laying there and you got to just, you know, dissect it. You know, that's kind of the way that I thought you loved people. They were an object that you had to love to get changed. Well, you just, you miss the whole person. You miss the whole person. And then I started realizing once I allowed love to not only deliver me, but to control me, I started seeing that the person that, uh, that was approaching would change. They felt that they could open up and talk to me. Now their, their wall goes down so that we can actually be personal toward one another instead of this fake facade that goes on. Does that make sense? Yes. And so he's basically telling these people and he's basically telling us, hey, all this stuff that you've been doing really good, but it's out of order. And what happens is if you don't change it, you lose the, you lose the lampstand of God. You basically lose the presence of Jesus. And what is replaced there is adrenaline. And if you get addicted to it, you'll think adrenaline is the presence of God. And that's what's happening even with what, what with America right now. I mean, with a lot of this stuff that we see is a lot of adrenaline-based. It's not love-based or it's performance-based. How many of you guys are on performance-based, you know, doing your thing? doing your gig and all that stuff. And then you come back and go, man, the Lord moved. Now <laughs> adrenaline moved, you know, and adrenaline moved. If you're, if you're in this place of depression after the, the Lord moved, something has gone awry. There should be a place of rest. Besides, how many of us 
when it comes to really loving someone, you feel like you've got to put on something to love them. You've got to put on a different characteristic. You've got to put on a different personality. You've got to, you've got to put your game face on <laughs> to love someone. That's this. If you're having to put your game face on, you're, going, you're doing works instead of really loving somebody. Works in everything. Marriage, business, you name it. I mean, Fortune 500 came out with an article, I think it was three years ago. They found somebody came into a, this revelation is if we can have true relationship in our company, the company will change. They actually wrote an article about that, that they have bypassed actually seeing their employees before they actually make them work. Wouldn't it be awesome if we could stop long enough to just see each other, hear each other, love each other? Could that allow God to move to not only change us, but change all the people that we come in contact with? Besides, it's not us that change people. It's the Holy Spirit that changes people. But the Holy Spirit can't move if we're putting on a facade. Does that make sense? And so he's basically telling them, hey, uh, you're going to lose your lampstand if you don't change. And so this is a people that's really done all the great stuff. They've even persevered. They've had patience. They labored in, for, uh, for his namesake and have not even become weary. Says, and, but he says, I have this against you that you've left your first love. And then he says this, remember, therefore, from where you've fallen. My gosh, I didn't, when, when I read this for the first time years ago, I realized I'd been doing all this stuff and I don't even realize I've fallen. Now, that just doesn't mean just in ministry. This means across the board with everything that we do in life. And I, I've seen this change people by just loving people. Uh, I give me, let me give you an incident. Uh, uh, not a, I gave you the one with my own deliverance, but when this stuff started working, uh, I started realizing when I start walking in this place of really caring for people, it's going to cause people to manifest stuff that is not of God in them. So not only will I be tested in this thing, but it will the love of God that manifests through your life, if you truly start loving people, they won't know what to do. It makes them kind of squirmy because you're really caring for them. And so when they start squirming, that means spirits and strongholds and things in their mind start coming forth that are not good. But you still got to love the person still at face value and not let it scare you because it's the Holy Spirit, that love that is in you, is, it's coming out and hitting those things that's kept them in bondage. And so I, I remember I was at, uh, I used to pastor a church uh, years ago, had a lot of folks in it, and we had a lot of different strange people that would come. And, uh, and I taught on this, on this huge subject that's, that's really awesome. It's called Jesus. And, and I, I, all I did was talk about Jesus and, and the love of God hit the place, you know. And people were getting delivered without having to do an altar call. And that's something. 
And, and, and I, I didn't have to do prophetic ministry because Jesus was doing the prophetic ministry. And people were crying. People were screaming. You know, all kinds of stuff. Were, it, was, it was just wonderful. It was beautiful. Of course, I had some of the Pharisees tell me, why aren't I doing anything about this? There's got to be order. And they didn't really see that, that that was the order. Because God can't do anything when there's the perfection. He has to wait until there's chaos. Then when there's chaos, the Holy Spirit can actually do some wonderful stuff in our life. But how many of us have been taught we've got to be perfect in order for God to move? He waits till you get miserable and chaotic, and then God can do something. I mean, if you really look at your life, he will wait until things are chaotic. And then, isn't it strange, that's when you go, oh, God, help me. You know, and then you're open for God to move, and he's already inspired. And then he can move and actually create something in us. That's awesome. And so that's what was going on in this. If you were looking at it, it looked chaotic, but to God it was beautiful. And so I'm watching all this stuff, and it's great. And uh, I, I, I finish, and I'm walking to this table, and uh, this guy comes up to me that happened to be a really awesome uh, uh, missionary uh, to a lot of countries. And he walked up to me just with his teeth grit. He said, basically said, this isn't real. And he was mad and wanting to hit me. I don't know what it is about ministers wanting to hit me. And, 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 and he had his fist all clenched and I saw his wife out of the corner of my eye coming to kind of buffer him. You know, you wives, you ever had a husband that kind of has a, a thing? You know, and you kind of have to cover for them. Don't answer that. And so, and so she come running up to try to cover for him, you know, and I could feel her fear and her, you know, because she's probably done this a million times, you know, with him. And, uh, but before she could get to me, I just looked at him. I said, and he's getting all mad and upset. Now you got to understand God's delivered me of certain areas too, of my madness. And so I'm not doing this because I'm perfect. I'm doing this now because I've been delivered. People have asked me, how do you carry this love? And I said, well, I've been, been forgiven of a lot of things. Okay, that means I've had a lot of bugs. And I'm still getting rid of a lot of bugs, you know. But this is an area that I could let God, you know, flow in. And he's getting all mad. And I looked at him. I just patted him on the shoulder. And I patted him on the shoulder because I really cared for him. I wasn't patronizing him. I wasn't in ministry mode. I'm not in ministry mode here now. I'm, I'm actually being serious. You know, I'm, I really care about what I'm saying. And so when that happens, there's a different spirit that rides on it. And so I patted him on the shoulder and I said, it's okay, man. You've just been wounded by a bunch of leaders. It's all right. And when, I, and when I said that, it's like I slapped him with the Holy Ghost. And he looked at me, and it was almost like this, what did you call that thing you said that came off your eyes when you got when the Lord came to you? Well, scales, but I mean. Yeah, scales. Mm -hmm. it, it, that's what it looked like. It was almost like he came to himself or scales fell off his eyes. And he looked at me, and he said, you really love me. And I was like, well, yeah, uh, yeah, I love you. 
No, he said, you really do care for me. And you care for these people. Yeah. And he cried. He started crying. I just grabbed him, hugged him, and, and put him in my, you know, in my chest. And this grown man just sat there and cried. Uh, ministry just happened. He got delivered. I didn't have to go. Now, what you got delivered of is a spirit of anger that was uh, happened when you were so and so years old. And, you know. I didn't have to mention all that. It was all, he just got totally free. And his wife is coming up while he's in my chest. He goes, well, I just need to explain something about him. And, and I looked at her and said, you don't have to explain it. It's okay. It's all right. The enemy did this to him. And he whispered something in my ear that I always, I always remember. A lot of witches do this with me when this kind of level hit. And he whispered in my ear and he said, this is the real Jesus. What was the real Jesus? It was somebody that was actually sincere. It's not something that you have to teach. It's being sincere with people. Love them. It was just a man that having an issue in his life and he needed he needed help and you don't you don't have to take it personal so without me knowing I took his hit that he was doing to me but I didn't feel it I just absorbed it because I actually loved the person you will love you will absorb people's stuff if you really love them and you don't feel it How many of you got really close friends or you got your husbands or you got your wives and you really love them and you'll absorb their stuff because you love them? Why can't we do that? Here's my wife. Here's my husband. Here's my brother. Here's my sister. That's what Jesus said. Who are my who's my mother? Who's my brother? These. No, he's speaking out of he's really meaning it. I, these are my brothers and sisters. In other words, I love them just like I love my family. So you can't feel the hits anymore because you love them. You bypass it. You start doing stuff like that, and you start walking in that type of manifestation of Jesus that's been hidden in all of our hearts, people start getting free because you're sincerely loving humanity. God so loved the Christians. See, Christians have made themselves an occult. Right? Because we've, we've done all, language. That's right. We've done all the work stuff, but we haven't really loved. But if you start loving, everybody's your brother. Everybody's your sister. And you can't help but absorb what they have because you love them. And then when you absorb because you love them, they start getting free. Everybody agree with that? Yeah. Yes. I mean, you look at Jesus, man. Did how did He love us, man? How did He love your life? 
You think he absorbs your manifestations each day because he loves you or because he's a minister of God? <laughs> I don't want to ever absorb your stuff because I have to. I want to absorb your stuff because I love you. There's a huge difference, but there's a fine line there. Having to, there's no love. Wanting to, major love, because you're loving the person. And that kind of love has been hidden in us. So he's really trying to save these people, isn't he? By him showing them this stuff, he's trying to save them from their own misery. In other words, he doesn't want them to lose the lampstand. In other words, he doesn't want them to lose the presence of God. In other words, he doesn't want them to lose love. If I was to be like David, if we spoke prophetically like David, when he said, you can do everything else, but please do not remove what? Your Holy Spirit from me or the presence from me. What he would be saying today, please don't remove your love from me. Because if you don't have love, you have nothing. That's what Paul said. You can do all that stuff, but if you don't have love, you don't have anything. So let's, uh, let me turn over here to Romans 12. We read this last night, didn't we? Turn over to Romans 12 if you if you have your Bibles. Love is the atomic bomb that's going to blow up the world. Love is the very thing that binds Satan. It's not ministry. Love will bind Satan. And Satan there means all of his strongholds, all of his arrangements of thinking that he's put up. It's going to start binding it, which is wonderful. At that moment between me and this pastor, or me and this missionary, the love of God bound Satan mm -hmm. at that very moment so that he could be set free. Mm -hmm. Satan is not just a person or an angel that fell. It's an arrangement of thinking and strongholds. It's a kingdom that he has put in the minds of man to control them like a puppet. But when you're not in that, that area, those arrangements of thinking, and you're in love, it starts cracking the codes that he has put in the minds of man that's controlled them all of their life. It's different than the arrangement of thinking that Satan has given us. It's called the spirit of the world. Do not be conformed to this what? World. Or you could say another world, another way of saying that is don't be conformed to the arrangement of thinking that the spirit of this world has put up. That's why when, when we're together, the reason your mind kind of goes, you know, when God starts coming, it's because it's cracking the codes of the arrangement of the spirit of the world that's been in your mind. It's kind of like a matrix. 
You've been in the matrix so long that you think it's really the real way of thinking. And then when God comes in, you, your matrix goes, and you have this like a, a static moment, like it's not working, you know. And, and then God starts freeing you from that world that's in your mind and putting you in the right world. Make sense? So let's read Romans 12, and we'll start in verse 9. Is this helping you guys out there in webinar world? I hope so. This is Paul, the guy that got knocked off his horse. He was on his way to get papers to do the works of God, to kill a lot of folks with ministry. All right? You'll look at Paul's life. It's kind of... It's a correlation of the ministry life that has been placed on this world as well. We've been doing it kind of, we think we're doing it God's way, but we're really hurting a lot of people. And so God is about to change Paul, and Paul is about to be the foundational writer of most of the gospel. And he's about to show us love. Think about this. Paul is a Christian murderer that turns into a love bug, basically. And so he is about to write to us how God has not only treated him, but how God has put in him the love of God of how to treat people. If we really want to kill the enemy, love people. Bottom line, love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and strength. And then just do the same to your neighbor. Now, your neighbor may be an enemy, but he's still your brother. Now, if we see him as enemies, we will kick into this religious mode of trying to change them. And then our justice comes up. Y'all got justice? Mm-hmm. Or it's just not going the right way. It should be, it should be this way. <laughs> All of that has to fall out. Because if you see your enemy as your brother or your sister, then you no longer see an enemy. Then you're able to love them. Okay? So here we go. Let, underline that word, big. that's a big one. He didn't say, I command you to make it happen. He's saying, let love, let love be without hypocrisy. That means we have the power to let love control us. That's a Holy Ghost moment right there. Let love. You've got the power to let love control you. We've been doing love with hypocrisy. We put on a face with certain things that come up in our life, and we do this love thing, but it's it's being a hypocrite. And the person that's miserable after you're done with it is you, not the person that you actually were with. You're miserable. Aren't you tired of being a a certain person with certain people, and then you have to be a certain person with other people? That's torment, guys. And you know we don't realize we've been 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 tormented by the enemy. That's the enemy keeping Christians in bondage. All right. 
they're, they're very serious here. <laughs> Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Now, what's really evil now? Always our nature. Yeah, our old nature or our good works. The way that we've done it, man, that's totally evil. Because you read in Roman, you read in Revelations two, the Lord hated that. That was that was the worst evil. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good, and I love this one. If you, if the way I used, well, the way I started growing into this thing, I had to literally look at someone and cling to something that's good in them. <laughs> For my sake, so that I could get delivered. Because we are so trained to look at each other and find a bug. Come on. And then if you find a bug, you can't love. I'm talking about a pure way. I mean, how many of you guys, even out there, and you guys in here, how many of you guys have had someone in your <laughs> this happened to all of us, but I'll say it. How many of you guys have been in a meeting and you know the person that's getting prophesied to this wonderful word and you're over there going, they have no clue what kind of person they are. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, I, I've, I've, had, I've, had, I've had women have and prophesy over their husband they, and they come up to me and they, they go, that was a really good word for my husband, but you have no idea what I have to deal with when I'm in <laughs> Because they've been trapped, and the enemies trapped their own their wives into seeing bugs instead of seeing their husband. Um, Do you understand? Or the man, same thing with husbands. I'll, I'll prophesy over the husband, over the, over the wife, and man, and the husband comes up and go, well, what do you do about Jezebel's spirits? <laughs> and, I know they're talk, and I know they're talking about their wife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so the, the first... <laughs> The first thing I go, the first thing I say is I go, well, you got to love her first. And man, their face will turn red because I caught them in their own manipulation. We got to get back to see, <laughs> we got to get back to seeing your wife or your husband or your friend first. Because if you get caught into seeing bugs, you're never going to see your friend. My brother, my sister, my wife, my husband. As soon as they become a spirit, you can't love. Come on. Come on. Because you don't, you don't war with flesh and blood. You war against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, evil spirits. Man, I felt even the webinar people go, ugh. But that's a, it's, it's, it's much easier to do it this way than it is. Uh, come on, guys. Finding bugs doesn't help you love. Come on. All right? All right, we'll keep going since we're getting delivered. The Holy Spirit's here. 
We can even feel him in here. <laughs> Where was I? Yeah, cling to what is good. Cling to what is good. Be kindly. Ugh. Affectionate. That's terrible. To one another. Now, you say, now, when he says to one another, I used to read this as subconsciously people that love me. <laughs> to one another that means there is no walls mm -hmm. anybody you come in contact with be kindly and affection to one another <laughs> we're having one rubbing their arms and starting to manifest right now <laughs> I won't point the camera over there. <laughs> but you got to understand, Jesus is doing this right now to us. We're manifesting bugs in this room, guys, on the webinar. But you can feel the affection and the love of God that's in this room. There's no judgment, but there's judgment. That's the way God judges. The love of God's in this room, and he's loving us at face value, which causes our bugs to come out. And all we got to do is say, okay, I got a bug. I let it go. They're saying they got bugs. You don't have to name. Let me throw this out. You don't have to name your stronghold. Well, what is this? Who cares? Who cares? Let's just just let it go and just start loving again. Man, I think somebody got it free of a religious spirit that you had to know what bug you had. <laughs> Man, this is awesome in here. Y'all feel this? Absolutely. Oh my lord, this is awesome. Whoever said you had to know your bug? Aren't you tired of knowing you both? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> start knowing Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yes. know what's in. I mean, start realizing what's in your room, what's in you, that loves you. Instead of knowing your bugs, if you start, if you get addicted knowing your bugs, you're just going to allow more bugs to come in. Know Jesus, okay? Come on. Praise the Lord. <laughs> All right, where were we? Oh, yeah. We're just on the second. Okay, be kindly. I'm bugging out today. Yeah, well, they're all bugging out. <laughs> this is so awesome. Be kindly, affectionate to one another. With brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Man, that's when you love people at face value. That's when you see them as they are. You see them as a person. Then you, It's an automatic thing to give preference to them. In other words, even down to listening to people. I used to, listen guys, I used to listen to people but already be having an answer. Uh -huh. yeah. I'm missing the mark. That's good. 
I got to give preference to their feelings, give preference to what they're saying, not what I have an answer for. What's interesting is it says let love. Uh, there was a person in my sphere of ministry that I had to work with a lot, and I did not like him at all. <laughs> <laughs> and he even prophesied over me to be wrong and leave, and it was just harsh. Yeah. And I just did not like him. And everywhere I went, he'd just have to come up to me and talk to me. And I just did not. <laughs> I'm told God, that's not you. I mean, he's just mean. I'm just going to tell him. Oh, I wanted to do what I And I'm telling you, I've seen him this day, and I feel like he's kind of going to come talk to me. I'm like, Lord, I don't, I don't want to talk to him. I don't like this guy. I know he shouldn't even be in ministry. He has no business prophesying over people. And I'm telling you, the Lord just began to just be like, why do I love him? I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> and suddenly, I start seeing all of this stuff, and I'm like, no, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. And, and the more he's showing me, the more I start to love him. Yep. Come on. Before he comes down to me this time, I am like being doused in the love of God. And I'm like, this cannot be happening to me. By the time he gets me, I'm in tears. I'm like, and I just tell him, I just love you. And he's like, what? <laughs> And we just began to have this conversation, and I kind of gave him a word about love, and it was just really good. And since then, every time I see him, I'm just, I, I mm. still can't believe God did it. Because you hear God will do that, that, that God will do, but I hadn't really experienced it like that, where I really dislike somebody for good reason. And good reason. God really gave me such a love yeah. for him from that point on. That, and it's real. Yeah, so the Lord came in an the Lord came in an offensive man suit to offend you so that you could love him. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that you could love Jesus. So I could love Jesus. And by me sharing some of this stuff with him, this man began to get free because it was just a long story. There you go. And he's like, You don't know what you're saying. Yeah. And I'm like, No, I sure don't. Yeah. That's good. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. He said, "Be careful, you not be offended when I come." So he's going to come. We think he's going to come, and you know, why is he saying, "Don't be offended"? Because you're going to get offended. Because he's going to come differently. He'll come in a man suit that's completely different. But when he comes that in a different way, in a, in a man suit or a woman suit, that's him actually trying to spark up love in you yes. so that you can be free. Okay. Then you can free him out of his prison. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. It reminds me of a God story. I was at this, uh, I was in the middle of this revival and, and I was, you know, I mean, God was moving. They've, they've been going through this season of revival that's been incredible. And it's not the kind of revival you think. It's just the, the love of God had just, just hit this church. And, but when you have the love of God hit the church, it's turning the church. It's right. causing it to repent. But while this all this love stuff's going on, man, bugs come. You know, it fire attracts moths, right? But if you just leave them alone, they'll eventually get in the fire and burn. But uh, most of the time, I used to like to pick them apart but, uh, before they got there. But so you have all these strange people that will come with bugs. All right? But this happened just like two years ago. And 
now that God has delivered me of certain bugs so that I can love bugs that come around, you know, uh, they, they, this, this witch came up to me, right, I mean, the, they finished the worship and man, people were laying on the floor, but it was time for me to get up and speak. And this witch came up to me, you know, it was, it was time to just greet somebody as you make it. And so this witch come up to me and man, she started prophesying all this cultish stuff in my background, you know. And the thing about it is that she did, uh, the, the spirit that was on her knew my background because I, I found my background years ago when I went to Scotland and I wanted to find out what my heritage was. And it says that we were wizards, you know, back in the old days. But I found out later that in the study of history and, you know, biblical studies, prophets, well, they were really prophets, but the enemy got in and twisted it to wizards. And then you started having this sorcery and then it just, it just, you know, perverted it. Okay. So I understood my history and why the way I was, why my DNA was this way. I can see, you know, I can hear and all this stuff. But she comes up to me and she goes, I just want to say something, you know, about you. You know, there's some things in your bloodline that are cultish and, and God really wants to free you. And, and, but she was a witch and I knew it. But I actually loved her. And she, and when she looked at me, I said, Thanks for trying. <laughs> I actually saw that she was trying to prophesy, but she was possessed by a spirit. I didn't put her with the spirit. If I would have, I would have killed her. So I loved her as a sister, and I looked at her, and I said, thanks for trying. And I actually meant it. And that spirit, man, she went, <laughs> and, she, and that thing riled up, and she went and ran out the back door <laughs> through where the pastors go and everything. And when she ran out, I mean, she was like snarling. This thing was manifesting. And was look, she looked at me and she closed the door and she ran out of the church in the back. And the and the one of the leaders came up to me and said, What what just happened? I said, Oh, it's just a witch. The Lord was just freeing her. He goes, What did you do? I go, I didn't do anything. I just loved her. He goes, That's not a witch. I go, Oh yeah, it is. Well, that's been one of our intercessors for years. <laughs> and I went, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But that spirit, sorry, but she had infiltrated herself in the system. You know? But everybody's in ministry mode. And so when you're in ministry mode, you have no discernment. And so... You know, I knew it was a witch, but I love the girl. I mean, she's awesome, you know. And when I said, thanks for trying, I, when I meant it, oh, love smoked her. Yeah. <laughs> she saw the Lord. 
Yeah, coals of fire. I'm gonna have to. Golly, it's almost ten. Coals of fire rained down on that spirit that was controlling her head, and so that's why she started snarling and manifesting. It's because the spirit started coming out. It was the spirit that was showing itself to God in me, and it didn't want to come out, so it ran away from Him. Every spirit hates genuine love. I'm telling you, every demonic spirit hates genuine love. It can dwell in fake love, hypocrisy love. That's why we got so many spirits in the church, and I won't go to any to that. Sorry, that that was the phone. Are they still on? Okay, cool. That's why a lot of spirits are still in the church is because it can dwell in all the fakeness because if we're being fake, we've got spirits, right? We've got strongholds. But when genuine love starts happening, the enemy can never find anything in you. In other words, it can't dwell in the church anymore. That's what Jesus said, you know, in his, his last days, of physical last days. The ruler of this world comes, but he finds nothing in me. Because he had allowed love to work in him in such a way through overcoming all these temptations and walking out and being controlled by love in the spirit of this world, that at the end of his life, love had possessed his body, had possessed him. And so when the ruler of the world comes to you that are possessed by love and walking in love, it can't find anything to dwell in. And so when you can imagine having a church building full of a bunch of sons and daughters of God, the enemy can't dwell there anymore. So the church becomes a beacon. And so there's invisible power that goes out that starts manifesting all the stuff that's been in darkness. And then the people that have spirits that will come in, the spirits will literally have to wait outside. They can't even come inside your doorway. Because everybody's got love. They'll start in the the end times, which we're in, they'll start, people will start falling at the threshold because the love of God will possess them instantly because the whole church will be possessed and the spirits have to leave and go back where they came from. You wait, true deliverance is coming and it's going to come in major power, but it's not going to come in like shakti and scream at demons, you know. That's war, you know, God's kind of, you know, endured that with us and let it work, but he's wanting us to take her to take us to another place. I won't get into that cuz that that's a whole different deal, but let's keep reading. Golly. Okay, where were we? Giving preference to one another. Okay. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Serving, put there serving love. Serving love. Serve love in, the, in your consciousness. In other words, honor love before you judge. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. See, you can do all this stuff when you're in true love. It's hard to be patient when you're make, trying to make it happen. But when you're in, in genuine love, it's easy to be patient with one another. I was patient with that witch. I knew she had a spirit, but man, I love that woman. 
Who cares about the spirit? Love the woman. Patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. And I guarantee you, your prayer life will change when you come into this place. It won't be rhetoric. It'll be genuine. It's amazing. I'll, I'll never forget, I'll, I'll, this is a God story, and we'll quit right here, because if we go on, we're going to be here for God stories all day. <laughs> but I remember getting into, and I know we've all been here, so I'm going to make y'all's toenails curl, too. <laughs> But I, I was with Benny Hinn for a while and kind of traveled. I'd, I'd be playing golf, but then Benny Hinn would be in the same town with me or where I was playing. And then they would call me and say, hey, where are you at? And I'd be in the same town. So that I'd go in through the backstage and hang out with everybody and be a part of the crusades and stuff. And man, man, the power of God would come and the love of God would come. And, and it was just awesome. And man, my prayer life was awesome. You know, it would be... God would just come in major power and love, and I'd just lay on the floor. But I, I didn't realize that when God comes like that, it's, he's trying to get me to re- change my mind about things. It's the kindness of God that gets us, that turns us, that causes men to repent, right? But I didn't understand all that. I was kind of ignorant of that stuff. So one day, out of, I, I, I used to come, and, and I can't kneel down or you wouldn't see me, but... I would always kneel. I got into this tradition. Y'all ever got into traditions with prayer? You know, or a certain song or, you know, things of that nature. And so I'd always get into this tradition and I would kneel down on the floor and I would, and I would raise up and I'd go, Jesus. Because that's what Benny would do. And whenever he would do that, the power of God would come. And I'd feel it. But that's been, that was actually Benny just being Benny. So that's the way God would come out of him. God didn't come this way when he'd say Jesus. When he'd say Jesus, the whole, the whole place would feel. Well, that was coming out of Benny. All right? So he, when he'd say Jesus, man, I, I started catching on to this thing. And so, and it worked for a while. I'd go, Jesus. And, and the Lord would come. And so I thought, man, it's working. But I wasn't doing it in love. I was doing it in works. But the Lord was still coming in my yucky religious form to try to get me to change. He didn't come and go, Brad, that's not the way you do things. You know, you're in a religious spirit. And I used to do people that way. Now you have to be patient in tribulation <laughs> with all their stuff, you know. And and so one day, I, after doing all this stuff, I, I knelt down and I, I had my little songs, you know, in the background. And I had it all perfect. And I went, Jesus. <laughs> and nothing happened. Nothing came. It was like crickets. I mean, you, you could just dead silence. The only thing you could hear was probably crickets, you know. And I just, I went, and I, nothing came, and I went. <clears throat> Jesus. <laughs> and nothing came. And I was like, and then I went, Jesus. <laughs> and then my conscience said, you're in sin. Jesus, I'm, I forgive me for my sins. 
So I did. I went that route. Forgive me for my sin. Anything that I've, I think I looked at somebody wrong driving the car. Yes, I did that. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I just give that to you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, Kylie, Holy Ghost, whatever. Just anything. Get you, you know. And I went through this whole system. And then suddenly, I, and I thought in my imagination that I saw something demonic. And I saw these guys with flint knives. They were stones, but they were flint knives. And they were jumping on this altar, cutting themselves. And I went, I rebuke Satan in the name of Jesus. You know, and it went away. And, and man, I got frustrated. And I walked and I came out of the room because normally I'd stay there four hours, you know, in prayer. And I came out of the room, I was frustrated. I go, why is this all happening? And the Holy Ghost said, you idiot. You have a religious spirit. He said, those prophets that you saw jumping on the altar, cutting themselves to get me down was you. Because if you do things out of works and out of formulation, you're only hurting yourself and it's never gonna bring me down. <laughs> And I thought, oh no, I'm going to have to be myself when I pray. <laughs> so I waited after I was really convicted. I, I laughed at myself too because I realized, you know, after God really shows you really where you are in, in a loving way, you really laugh at yourself, mm -hmm. you know. So I, I went back in there later on. I went, Lord, you here? And man, it, boom, he hit. He just hit. Wow. Same way. So your prayer life will change when you get into this place of God. It's, it's amazing. You, you can actually be yourself. You don't have to kick into any kind of different personality to get God to come. Just trust me. You can, act, you can actually be yourself when you're talking to people. Come on. You really can. You can be yourself. And when you go to preach, if anybody you know, teaches... You can actually be yourself. You, you know, you can actually say what God's saying to your own heart instead of making up a message. It's incredible the stuff that can change. So he says, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. And we'll stop right there. And I, I, I'll say this. Well, if, if, if you want to start walking in this love, uh, take a couple of these and just start working on them. Try to be hospitable to everybody you come in contact, mainly the ones that offend you. Mainly the ones that offend you. If there was anybody that was hospitable to his enemies was Jesus. I mean, he let his betrayer dip into oil that they were eating out of. He was hospitable. He served him at the table. So... And there's always a table set before your enemies. Psalms 23 talks about it. He set a table before my enemies. That's actually saying when your enemies comes, the spirit of hospitality is there to actually serve them. It's not you to sit there and go, I can be the Lord. And you can be the enemy on the other side. No. That's the time to serve your enemies. The table of God there, and there's bread there in the spirit of love. When your enemies come in your in your sphere, there's a table of hospitality to serve them the love of God. 
and it's inside of you. He's been doing it this whole time with us. In this room. And you watch it. If you really think about how many strongholds that try to keep us from God, to keep us enemies of this love, and He still sets a table to serve us while we're still in our mess, He still lets us dip our hands in the oil so that we can have a chance to see Him. This is in all of us. And he's awakening it in us. What we feel is in us. It didn't come from the outside came from within us. So I just pray for everybody watching that uh, I hate even saying kicking into having an end but I have to end, but I just pray for you guys that you would let this love take over that's inside of you, that's coming up like a river in you. I just pray that you let it just keep flowing. Just let it out. Let it, let it control you. Let it control how you handle people, let it control you, how you handle your kids, your enemies, let it control you, if it can control Paul, I know it can control us, thank you for tuning in and, and uh, hanging out with us on this Tuesday morning and pray for all of us, we're going to keep manifesting this week. Uh, 
thank you for your support for us and all you guys that are even giving to our ministry and and helping us it's it's been amazing uh, we got our taxes this year and man it's amazing the money that was given this year to help so many people uh, it was a, shocking and uh, we couldn't have helped these folks and help ministers we help a lot of ministers that there's a lot of guys out there that are trying to do the ministry thing and you know and they're struggling and they find themselves without a job and we we still help them you know and uh, there's guys out there that don't have a job we try to help uh, it's it's crazy we just it's amazing how God gives freely through our ministry but uh, and what I say about that it's God giving freely through our ministry through God giving through you guys has nothing to do with us we give because you're giving and uh, I want to thank you for that we love you guys thank you for just praying for us keep praying for us keep praying that I keep manifesting all this stuff so I can keep learning alright alright have a good day grace grace to you bye bye